He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back! Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And I'm here with Chef Travis Milton, who will be cooking up some tasty dishes for the holiday season at Dash 37 Board 27. And Travis, we've got our man Josh Conrad back. Josh is back from the holiday madness of being a pastor. You can follow Josh at Josh underscore Conrad. Josh, we haven't talked to you in a while, but My I, gosh. I need to know uh, how was the holiday season for a pastor? How does that go? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, you know, think think of all the things you like to do with your families and the moments mm-hmm. and the traditions and then just cast them aside for a few minutes and think through church services and ordering and, you know, volunteer recruitment and all the things that have to go into um, just like the church service traditions that maybe you <coughs> and your family like mm-hmm. to go to. And on, on that side of the wall or on that side of the equation is a guy like me so i am at this point done with we 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 have completed our extra christmas stuff as a church and so i am now making a little charcuterie board and talking to my boys about the jets i am i am ready for christmas i i I do have to have i have one question though also in addition to all the extra activity and frenzy of events and things like that that you have to do how much extra pastoral care work are you doing at this time of year as opposed to like, just give me like a percentage or a one X two X kind of thing compared to what you're doing normally. Yeah. It's probably the same amount of care except that it shifts. And so not to, not to get us too, too heavy here, but you know, people that, you know, the holidays are difficult. They've lost a family member, you know, there there's been a difficult season for them. You know, there's, there's a shift in the, kind of conversations I have with people, mm-hmm. but um, it's not more or less. It's, it's just a different, just a different rhythm. Um, but I will say that, you know, what I enjoy about this season is that most of the time through the month of December, um, because we do so much as a church, I do get every request made of me usually starts with the caveat of, Hey, we, we know you're so busy right now. And so if we don't get to this till 2020, that's okay. And so I do get to push all the things off that I don't, really want to be doing right now next year um and so that does make a little bit of a break here right at the right at the end of the right at the end of the year nice well we're going to take that break we're going to use it travis um we uh we are going to celebrate the fact that the jets won they beat the the pittsburgh steelers at metlife stadium final home game of the season 
They've won five of their last seven, 16 to 10 Jets win over the Duck Hodges uh, and Mason Rudolph show. Uh, who do we have to thank for this? Josh, we'll start with you. Who do we thank? Yeah, I, 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 thank, I thank our defense. And I thank the fact that the Steelers quarterback play has been really, truly terrible over the last few weeks. And so um, we did just enough offensively to win. Um, and, and it felt good. You know, it, it does make you look back at the schedule now with a little bit of frustration, thinking if we beat the Dolphins, we beat the Bengals, that, you know, next week we're staring at the potential of seeking into the playoffs. And obviously that's not going to happen. So, but I, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for this defense. It made the day fun. I'm thankful for an inept Steeler quarterback position that made a win like that possible. Travis, who are you thanking for, for this Jet 16 to 10 win? I am thanking my dude, number 20, Mr. Marcus May. He, uh, he, played, his, he played his ass off yesterday. Um, it's, you can really see uh, the difference it makes having somebody play the position that they're supposed to be playing. Yeah, um, which we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah, great point. Yeah. I mean, when he's, when he's playing center field, you know, he's, he's pretty on point. And I think he, you know, he and Jamal, like, free each other up to do what they do. And when one of them's not there – it's it's not a great situation. So it was great seeing uh, him back in his natural spot, and he he legit played his ass off. Um, it was a great game for him, and and uh, yeah, again, just like Josh said, thankful to the uh, the four string quarterback of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, third and fourth, I guess. Um, yeah, are we are we thankful to ourselves, the Jets fans, for not showing up and let it uh, become a. Um, a terrible towel convention or are, are we thankful to ourselves or, or are we mad at ourselves or do we do we, or can we not blame ourselves the fans for not showing up it, it did look like yeah yeah let's let's take it easy on ourselves as jet fans there's no there's no solid reasons to show up for some things for that yeah a couple of days before christmas you got uh you, yeah like i understand but yeah it was it was funny to like I was listening to it on the radio and then I was watching it a little bit on TV. <laughs> it's just like the, the cheers for like, I think I was listening to one play and it was like a, uh, the jets. Uh, what happened? It, it was like a negative play. I don't know. Le'Veon Bell was stuffed for negative two yards or something like that. And the cheers went up. And so I'm listening to, um, to the radio call uh, and, and I can, to the Bob would choose a radio call and the way that the people were cheering, I was so confused because I was like, he, he hadn't even gotten the words out of what happened, but I heard the cheers and I was like, Oh, it must've been a really good play. And then I was like, and the, you know, it stopped for a loss of negative two yards. And I was like, Oh, right. It's all the Steelers fan. And then I turned it's on one the, of the game. One so of the fun. first times I've ever had to see a home team have to quiet a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. So bad. nuts. Wait, uh, you mean you mean an away team quiet a crowd? Yeah, exa yeah, yeah okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, well, either way. Yeah, either way, either way. Uh, it's anyway, it's funny, but um, yeah. So we're not, you know, we're gonna we're gonna say, hey, you know, it's okay, fans. We're not our best selves this year uh, for a variety of reasons, but but yeah, I mean, it is interesting how some of these stadiums are just becoming the road shows for these other teams, like, you know, whether it's the chargers or the Raiders or the jets or the dolphins, it's just like all the other, you know, teams dis the, with the big fan bases, the Cowboys or whoever, they all just descend on these games. And it's, it is a little bit unsettling. So hopefully the end of this year will um, encourage 
our, us, our, ourselves and other fans to show up um, and kind of plan for, for being there next year. Cause maybe it'll be better. So I, so other than Marcus may other than not the fans, um, what about Sam Darnold? How we feel about Sam Darnold? I mean, I would say he did, you know, through like you know, 16 and 26, did a decent job taking care of the football, um, you know, 61% completion percentage, 95 rating. Um, not spectacular, but I think one of the things, Travis, that we talked about was this is a pretty good secondary. So I, I guess what I'm saying is 61% passing percentage, did a good job, um, you know, protecting the ball. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay, I think he did it. He did what he needed to do based on his supporting personnel um, to take care of what needed to get taken care of in this game. You agree? Um, I thought he played a pretty sloppy game, to be honest. Um, I think he made it out uh, miraculously mm. without any interceptions. He made a couple of of very bonehead throws um, into double, sometimes triple mm-hmm. coverage. Um, I think he, uh, by the grace of, of God or, or whoever, like he came out without any interceptions. He lost the ball to that T.J. Watt sack. Yeah, um, that sack. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was a pretty ho-hum game for him, and uh, I was not very impressed. I won't say that I was, like, depressed about it. I didn't look at it and go, oh, he's regressing. No, I, I, I just thought it was a pretty – pretty sloppy game uh all around for him um i'm glad they came out with with uh the you know the completion percentage they did and you know we're we're still sticking to that we're gonna score on the on the first drive because the scripted <laughs> plays are perfect and then right. when it when when you know when it's not scripted um it's just kind of sloppy so I, I was i was pretty unimpressed uh with with his play to be honest josh i just had a revelation on how we turn adam gase into the greatest coach of all time oh, he boy. scripts 70 plays. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that that would be one thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's an idea. I'm just I've saying if before. if he if he's doing well with scripted plays for the first 10 to 20 plays, just script 100 plays, man. Here's here's what's interesting like Obviously, I mean, we've talked about it several times this year. Those first drives, they look so good, and then things fall apart. And is, is that due to coaching? You know, d- d- is there just a deficiency there? Is there something about the regularity of throughout the week knowing exactly what the first eight to ten play calls are going to be that makes Sam Darnold really comfortable? But you're right. Like, just add more. Like, keep doing the things you're doing well. <laughs> It's like, I it's like this. yeah, I could just see Adam Gase in his office. Like, God, I'm so good on first drives. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I can't. I can't figure it out after that first drive or the first quarter. Gosh, what can I do? And just sitting there hit, hitting his head against the desk, and then he has this revelation. Just script more plays. Oh, that's it. And, and obviously, that doesn't that doesn't hold up when you no. consider like they're scripting plays versus game script, right? Like that's a very different thing. And so, what I would then say to Adam, I would then slide slink into his office kind of very, very, you know, surreptitiously and say, I've got the perfect plan for you, Adam. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to script the entire game. But what we're going to do is we're going to create a choose your own adventure. So like, hey, you guys score on the first drive and you're up 7-0 or up 3-0. Perfect. Okay. Choose your own adventure. You're up 3-0. Now you do this set of plays. Or uh uh-oh, you're down, you know, you're down 7-3 now after after both teams doing their first drive. Okay. Now we're going to go this way with the script. So like, 
I know this is stupidest <laughs> oversimplification of what NFL coaches do, but I think that's what I would do. And that would give him the placebo confidence to actually like have regular drives with, you know, scoring drives throughout the game. Yeah. Just the first. And, and let's, let's not forget too. I mean, there was that Minka Fitzpatrick pass interference on the, mm. uh, uh, that first. That Dude, that first was scripted. Drive. He scripted that. He scripted He's, that. What are, you, what are you talking about? He can, he, he can control all things at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you write I it just down, have this it's going to picture in my head of, of Adam Gase, like after the first drive on the, on the sideline, just going, God damn it. Like they're, they're, that's not in the, the defense changed. They didn't tell me they were going to change. That's that. I didn't write that. I didn't, write, I didn't that. write that. Um, shit. What do I do now? Just sitting. I can see him just sitting at his desk, like with his pen, like, you know, tipping his pen on his, on his chin or kind of on his tongue. Like mm, what comes next as if he's like Shakespeare you know, with a, with a plume. Uh, and then, Oh, here, uh, inspiration. Here we go. Now I'm going to write the next set of plays. Um, so, <laughs> Okay, so that's not that's not the answer. So you're saying scripting all plays of the game is not the answer, but but you you are right. It is weird when you start to see that happen over as much time, um, like you know, over the course of a season. You're like, okay, this is not just a trend. Like we have data that we're starting to to see line up here. So you're right. You're uh, getting back to the point, Travis. You're right. It wasn't the greatest game from Sam Darnold. There there were a couple passes and right. You see that from him where he's gonna force some throws like the the touchdown from two weeks ago where he basically like threaded the the needle between three players and who was it that caught the ball while they were going out of bounds. Is that Jameson Crowder? I can't remember. Um, like he has some plays where he definitely gets away with some amazing, it's like prolific throw, you know, five players in the league can make that kind of a throw. Um, but then, right. Like it doesn't always translate, Like you know, sometimes it's just lightning in a bottle and that was a, you know, <laughs> he can't always do that. Uh, what about Le'Veon Bell? Are we thankful for Le'Veon Bell and his 25 carries for 72 yards? Eh. Nah. Nah. nah, right. I mean, it was funny when it was like reading through all the articles. It was like his season high twenty five carries for seventy yards. It's like, oh my god! All right, so brutal. we're under we're under three yards per carry. Awesome, cool. cool, cool. You you know what? You know, I mean, we're seeing Kenyon Drake, who got traded obviously to the Cardinals, and mm-hmm. has had he's been lighting the world on fire. <clears throat> if we get on the other side of Adam Gates with Le'Veon Bell on this team. I do think that there are still explosive plays in that guy's body. Like I think that Adam Gase now has a little bit of a track record of not getting all the best out of his running backs. And so I am hopeful that, you know, Lev Bell can return to the 20 carries, 155 yards, two touchdowns kind of a guy. Um, I just don't know. It just depends on when Adam Gase gets out of town. Yeah, it's, I agree. Um, and I think, you know, you can say, well, that's not fair to Adam Gase. Like, you know, he didn't have a great, you know, team in Miami. It's like, yeah, well, he did have like Laramie Tunsil and like, you know, that's pretty good, right? Like one of the best tackles in the, in the entire sport. Like, eh, you know, it's not like he had nothing, right? So, so yes, to your point, um, I, I think there is this weird thing about Gase and I, I, I can't, articulate it right now but there he has this sense of the kind of running back he wants and the kind of running back he wants is not like i don't know it's just not 
He wants more the Tevin, Tevin Coleman type, which is like a straight line, tons of speed, but like low agility kind of stuff versus like someone like Jay Ajay, who, you know, however you feel about him, he's kind of an all-purpose running back, you know, rugged, can, you know, can, can catch and, you know, catch the ball and run the ball. And I just, his idea in his brain of how he wants to deploy his running backs seems to be at odds with what much of the league is doing. And, and I agree. It is, I think it's kind of a blind spot for him. So, uh, so I agree. There's probably more meat on the bone than Bell has been able to get this season. Uh, but, you know, as we've talked about all year, this offensive line is just, you know, burning dog shit. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. It is nice, though, to see uh, kind of as we talk about – Players like Marcus May, um, you know, some some success early in the games. Sam Darnold not having his greatest game, but not utterly imploding. Seeing ghosts, as it were, against against this, you know, one of the top secondaries in the league. Um, you know, and so you start to see some of the comments. I, I can't find it right now, but Jamal Adams was, you know, saying, you know, it's disappointing we're not going to make the playoffs this year, but like this is kind of the, the progress and the improvement that we want to see. We've got to carry that into next year. Le'Veon Bell says, you know, now we're starting to see the ship turn a little bit. Um, and granted, they were playing Duck Hodges, uh, you know, and then, you know, Sam Darnold, there were definitely some bright spots that we can continue to work on this offseason. We're not too far away, but I think we've just got to contribute to press. Uh, to be more consistent. And so, right, I would say I think this team needs to be more consistent. But one of the best ways to be more consistent, as we've talked about all year, is by having better talent, right? Like just having better talent will make you more consistent because you're not going to be turnstiling J.J. Watt or, you know, just blowing assignments or, um, you know, unable to get open in, you know, in press coverage or whatever the situation is. So, uh, like, as we talk about, um, the kind of upcoming off season. And as the, the Jets players look into the off season, Josh, Travis and I got the opportunity to uh, talk about our wish lists a little bit. And we, we spent a lot of time on uh, cor- cornerbacks and offensive linemen um, in the last, like, last couple of weeks, as we we're just talking about players to, you know, to keep and sign and get rid of and all that sort of thing. Are there players on your wish list or, you know, types of players that kind of are at the top of your, your wish list when it comes to the New York Jets, since you didn't get a chance to contribute in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think, I think, you know, I, I know we always want to, you, you want to use the draft to build your offensive line. I, I'm not sure what the NFL, you know, free agent picture is going to be looking like for, for you know. There's for, a number of decent players, like Travis and I were running through it last week. And, uh, but like, you know, it's going to depend on who resigns with their own team, just like every year, but there should be a couple guys who make it through and are at, at varying positions. Um, and our assessment was either kind of go after whether it's tackles or guards, maybe you find your center in the draft, you know, there's probably going to be some value in the second round at center. Um, and maybe right. Some of the guys you get at that guard or, or like maybe you, you, you invest more in the guard position and then you try and find tackles and centers um, through the draft, but you're going to have to overpay for these guys. It's kind of, well, that was kind mm. of our assessment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and certainly I think, I think that's where we're going to be. Obviously I think it starts in house, you know, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, turn the corner. I, I don't know what Robbie Anderson is going to look like. I mean, if you want to count mm. him as a free agent, um, I guess we have to, but you know, I, I just don't know what the market 
is going to look like for him. And, and honestly, there's a couple guys, you know, receiver wise, um, that, that are interesting. You know, I, I think about, Oh, what's his name? It's a Kansas City guy. Uh, Dem- Tariqo? Dem- no, 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 no. It's one of the other receivers. Sammy Watkins? Um, no, no, no. Demarcus Robinson. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you think about a guy like that that has all the speed in the world. He's just in an offense where there's Travis Kelsey and there's Carlos. Like, or, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, um, yeah, Tariq Hill. Like, you, you have guys on that offense that just are going to demand the ball much more. Um, and I wonder with a guy like that, if, if, if Kansas City lets him get out of the house, what mm. his contract, you know, demands would be. I think it's going to be smaller than Robbie Anderson. And yet I think he brings a lot of the same things to, to, the, to, the, to the table. And so that's an interesting skill position mm. guy that we might want to keep an eye on. And then honestly, you know, I agree with you on corners. You know, I, I'm a little bit burnt right now coming off, you know, this Tremaine Johnson fiasco, but I, I do wonder, you know, if there's a couple of guys out there that might really be interesting. Um, you know, Mark, Marcus Peters is going to be a free agent and I don't know what he's going to demand on the open market. And I don't know if, if this, you know, Joe Douglas led front office is going to be interested in another splash um, at, at the cornerback position, but man, like, he's going to be there, you know, Bashad Breland's going to be out there, like Mo Claiborne, like there's a lot of names, mm. well-known guys. I think Eli Apple's going to be a free agent. Um, yep, that's right. And, you know, there's just a lot of guys out there that like, you know, you could certainly bring in um, some talent and then hopefully, again, still still draft well and develop some players. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. That corner would be a nice position to address in the offseason, provided we don't run into another Tremaine Johnson. <laughs> Fair enough. There's not another uh, one out there, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, no more, no more icebergs in this in this water. That'd be great, Travis. Um, I was reading. Uh, I'm going to pull this up. I was reading um, our, our man Brian Costello's work in the New York Post uh, this morning. Yep, and he was he was basically just kind of you know doing a a kind of junk drawer style, you know, just a bunch of different topics. And so he kind of writes, you know, it's no secret Adam Gase is not popular with Jets fans. You know, I've said, I don't think he should be fired. Um, Some have asked me why. And he kind of says, hey, listen, I'm around the team a lot. And obviously I wouldn't be doing my job the right way if I wasn't, you know, trying to do lots of extra things than kind of what you see on what you see on TV. And, and so he says, uh, it struck me in the post-game locker room why I think Gase deserves more time. He and Joe Douglas were standing near the locker room door as we conducted interviews, we being the press. Um, they were smiling. Yes, Gase sometimes smiles and joking. The two men were clearly basking in the glow of the victory, albeit an ugly one. Um, I, it reminded me that the sense I get is this franchise is more aligned than I've seen it since the Rex Ryan Mike Tannenbaum days. Um, again, win are the ultimate measure of everything. There's no guarantee harmony will lead them to the championship or the playoffs, but the Jets organization has felt like a game of Thrones episodes in time in the last seven years. Um, whether it was John Idzik, Rex Ryan fighting or Todd Bowles, Mike McCagnan, um, no relate, have no relationship or fighting with people on the business side. There's always been sniping and disharmony. Gase, and here's the kind of end here. Gase, Douglas, and the team president, Jaime High are all on the same page and they seem to actually like each other. You may say, who cares? I get it. Um, it might seem like it means nothing, but my suspicion is these three will agree on a plan and see it through. There won't be finger pointing about the coaching or the roster talent. I think there's value in that. We'll see if I'm right. So like, that's a long way of saying I tried to take the long view with this approach. 
Um, I've wanted to see this through. I've seen evidence of things that I like, and I think, you know, they're kind of on the right trajectory and that ultimately, you know, these, these people can work together. Now he didn't say they're going to be successful in the Super Bowl, but he just said that there seems to be harmony. Um, and maybe it's from the winds, who knows what it's from, but, uh, but that he likes what he sees and he thinks they're trending in the right direction. Do you, do you agree? And it's okay to agree. It's okay to disagree. I'm just curious, Travis, what do you think about, about that insight from Brian Costello? Um, I mean, we've talked about like I, my, my feelings on firing Gase, uh, mm-hmm. before, and there's, there's always been one, like the one thread that I hang on to that keeps me from going, yep, we should, well, actually, no, it never keeps me from saying that, that we should fire him. Uh, but the one thing that, that, that keeps me at a point where I would be okay if he doesn't get fired is keeping that level of consistency. We've got a young mm-hmm. quarterback. I don't want him to turn into Alex Smith where he's finally good six years later when he's finally got, you know, stability yeah. and an offensive coordinator on, a, on, on another spot, team, on a different yeah. team. Um, so I, I like the fact that, that there is some harmony and consistency. I think that that's a, an undervalued thing. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's, that's all well and good as long as the plan isn't complete dog shit. And right now what I'm seeing is the plan may very well be dog shit. Like I, I don't give a <laughs> shit if anyone is agreeing on a bunch of crap, like agree on something that's good. That end of the day, that's what needs to happen. Uh, you can be friends. You can all be on the same page. I just want that page to be freaking good. Something that's worth my time and, and, and effort and love of this team. And that at the end of the day, that's what I want. And mm. I don't know if you can, if, if you can really get to that point, if there isn't harmony, but I don't give a shit about the harmony. If the plan isn't good. Play like a jet, play like a jet. Hey guys, before I send you back to Brian, just want to remind you that if you want to make the trip up to Buffalo this weekend for the Jets and Bills, go to the Vivid Seats mobile app, download it, and use the promo code OVERTIME. Get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase, which could be that Jets-Bills game, or you could use it for something else, maybe a concert, a boxing match, a wrestling match, a basketball game, a hockey game, whatever it is you want to use it for, you can get a great deal right now. Just download the Vivid Seats mobile app, enter the promo code OVERTIME, and you'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. All right, Brian, sorry about that. Go ahead, my man. I guess what, I w- what I've kind of maintained from the beginning is, is I, I don't think Gase is the right hire, will wind up being the right hire. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, it's, it's, easy, it's easy to be a hater and to be a doubter because, you know, by and large, numbers are on your side. How many coaches coach in the NFL, are head coaches in the NFL, and, you know, what is the subset of those coaches? What percentage of those coaches actually win Super Bowls? You know, very few. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but uh, so it's, it's easy. It's easy to be, you know, a hater and be right. Um, that said, like, I will happily take the L if Adam Gase, you know, proves to be a better coach than I believe him to be. But I, I think maybe more than anything, um, you know, once he gets that scripting thing figured out and I, I do like Joe Douglas, may, maybe, uh, you know, irrationally, I don't really have enough data on him, but I do think he's the right kind of GM for this team. And so I'm kind of more hanging my hat on Joe Davis, will Joe Davis, Joe Douglas will be able to get the sort of talent that this team needs. And that will kind of obviate whatever Adam Gase can bring to the table or not bring to the table. It's going to be more about the talent. Um, and so, so, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying like, yeah, I'm, I'll be, 
I'll be probably more quiet in the off season than I would be had the Jets only won, you know, three or four games. Um, but right, I'm still kind of I'm 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 not taking any L's on Adam Gase just yet uh, when it comes to his ability or what he's gonna what he's gonna you know wind up ultimately being with this team. Has, um, has anyone figured out exactly who uh, Mr. Ed Reed was referring to in his uh, video that, that he made awesome. while at the Jets facility? No, I totally missed this. What? So, oh my so God, fill me really? in. I, I completely missed it. Yes, fill me in. Um, he's he's filming himself like at the facility, at the uh, the practice facility. Uh, he went and he met with Jamal Adams, and I don't know what he was doing there, but uh, he goes on this rant about how there's people that get jobs that aren't necessarily qualified to be in them. Uh, but they, they continue to get them, and it's, it's kind of uh, mm. confusing and quixotic. And he, he never says who he's referring to, but he makes, it, he makes it very evident that he's at the Jets facility. Like, he's kind of <laughs> panning around a little bit behind him. You see the Atlantic <laughs> health symbol and everything, and then he's posting pictures of him and Maul together. And it's like, okay, uh, are you talking about Gase? Are you talking about uh, Greg Williams? Uh, wh- wh- where, where are you going with this? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, I I have to think. Well, I don't know for sure, but I, I would have to think he's talking about. He's 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 got to be talking about Greg Williams, but I I don't. Yeah, I don't know for sure. That that would be my first guess. Uh, the other guess is like, is there some? Does he have some? He's been drinking some bitter beer over over Heinz Ward having that kind of a job. Like I I don't know. That was my thought. <clears throat> That, that, my, if the, my immediate thought was Heinz Ward. I'm like, maybe not. I don't know. So you thought that too? I thought it was Heinz Ward. I mean, you know, obviously they played a million games against each other um, for the Steelers and Ravens. Obviously they've, they've had like just, you know, as players, there were always little shoving things. I, I did a little bit of an internet deep dive just to figure out like, is there a real beef that's, that's between the two of them? And there doesn't mm. seem to be anything confirmed on the internet. But I, if you look at a guy like Heinz Ward, it's not like, all of a sudden, you know, he was he was going to, uh, you know, learn how to be a coach somewhere. Like, he just kind of popped up on the Jets' radar this year. And so you, I am surprised that Ed Reed would, would kind of do that publicly. I don't think it – you know, there weren't really many ties to Adam Gase or Joe Douglas. Um, um, I didn't see any ties to any of the players on the current Jets roster that maybe would have had, a, a you know, an issue with Ed Reed in the past. Who knows? But – my immediate thought was that he's talking about Heinz Ward and just trying to roast him um, from within his facility. Like, and See, Heinz was, it, you know, obviously a little bit more vocal this week. You know, I'll, I want the Gatorade bath, the whole thing. Good. I thought it was Gase. I mean, considering like everything that happened with Jamal going into the trade deadline, and mm. considering Ed was hanging out with Jamal most of the time, I was like, all right, he's he's working as a mouthpiece. Uh, for Jamal, because Jamal's trying to not be that guy right now, I guess. And, right. uh, uh, you know, he probably had a little pull aside with, uh, with, with Ed and talked a little, vented a little frustrations. And I, uh, that was the way I, I, that's where my mind immediately went to. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he's, he's saying what Maul wants to say right now and uh, can't really. No, and I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense too. Uh, right. I, I, and I think, I think they both fit. I think they both fit. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I would have to imagine Ed is, is looking for a job, right? I mean, he was a coach with the bills in 2016. So I'm sure he's, 
he would he would welcome that sort of an opportunity. Um, so right, so when he sees his old rival Heinz Ward, it makes sense. Or when he sees Greg Williams, who's kind of a uh, a, a plague on the league at this point, <laughs> he might be upset. But right, I, I mean Adam Gase, and I think the the point here that I make is the fact that we're having this conversation as I think about this, the fact that we're having this conversation and we can't tell who it is. Like if we can't, if we can't definitively say, Oh, he's totally talking about Heinz Ward. It's kind of worrisome, <laughs> right? Because it's like, exactly. oh, well, it could be this person or it could be that person or it could be this other person. Right. Like, oh, like that's not a great sign that that tells me there's some, some issues there in terms of the coaching staff or just, you know, the organization as a whole that you're like, okay, <laughs> not, not awesome. Sad. I'm sad. <laughs> I mean, it could be, it could be Chris, you know, Christopher Johnson for all we, I mean, there's, there's so many Maybe. options that, yeah, exactly. Right. It's that, that fit that fit, right. Anybody could have committed this murder, right? Like I just, anybody, yeah, we're all there. Everybody's a suspect. Everyone's a suspect here. So. And I, it's kind I of would, counterintuitive to like what Costello was saying about the harmony. I mean, like, or, or maybe that is the harmony. They're point. all, they're all terrible. <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't uh, call you out if you won't call me out. Like, whew, well, that we, we really skated by that game. Wow. I, I would love to see Ed Reed just take this little trick on the road and once a year show up at the Denver Broncos facility and give the exact same speech and just rile up all the fans and cause cause some discourse. I wonder if he's trying to get himself a job. I have to imagine he is. I, and that was what I'm thinking about. Is he upset because maybe he applied for something, some sort of assistantship, and he didn't get it, and so now he's just burning it all down, right? Like maybe Maul got him an interview as a defensive assistant. And he didn't get it. And so now he's just burning it to the ground in front of the Jets facility. I, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But this is fascinating. I, I always love the soap operas. I'm, I'm a big fan of the soap operas. So, <laughs> And I'm like serious because that's the stuff that you don't ever get to hear. But the truth is there's so much stuff, right, beyond what you see on Sunday that happens that we just have no clue about. And the more we know, the more it just helps us and inform our, our fandom um, and maybe set expectations or like the thing that's so hard about football, right? Is that there's 11 men on the field at the same time. Um, and there's so many different things. There's so many variables that can happen in any one play, let alone over the course of the game, let alone over the course of the season. Um, it's hard to pin things on specific people. So so I am all about all the information, all the dirt, all the who's out at the club, who's playing flip cup with uh, with Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. Like I want, I want it all. I want it all. And so that's that's interesting. So thanks for sharing that. I didn't know that. Um, well, uh, we are getting close on time. I'm sure poor Josh needs a break. He needs to not be talking and running around and doing all <laughs> kinds of things. But before we do that, I, I have to ask you, I asked you guys this last year, and I haven't even thought of anything yet, so I'm going to think about something. But I need your best 2019 holiday hacks. So, like, what is it that's going to make your family love you more because you're so awesome because you did this thing um, over the next week? What's it going to be? What's your holiday hack? Uh, yeah, so I I am I am the sibling 
slash son slash son-in-law that always shows up um, to, you know, the, the present unwrapping the, you know, we're giving out gifts, everybody's unwrapping. Mm -hmm. I show up with as many scratch off cards and little, like little (laughs) airplane bottles of liquor that I can find. um, And just like supplement (laughs) everybody's, everybody's stocking, everybody's gift. And like, there's the thanks for the gift, but like now let me sit and see if I won some money. Um, There's just Mm -hmm. something about, I'm giving you the chance to win $5,000. That is very rewarding for people. And also you don't have to spend a ton of money. Like you could spend 50 bucks, show up with, you know, a bunch of little bottles of Jameson um, and a, and a bunch of scratch off tickets and be the hero of Christmas, of Christmas unwrapping for the parents. That's my hack. Travis, did we just did did I have a stroke or did the one um, ordained pastor on this podcast <laughs> just advise scratch off sure tickets did. and bottles of liquor? A hundred percent. Gambling and drinking. Listen, I <laughs> I love the holidays and I love the holidays <laughs> when my family is happy. Well, that's good. The and 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 you know your family well. And that's you know, you got you gotta give that's the thing about gifts, right? It's not about what you want to give them, it's about what they want to receive. And what you're telling us is that your family is a bunch of um mini drunk gamblers. It's cool. It's totally cool. Know your audience, guys. <laughs> Travis, do you have do you have a hack for us as as the as the resident chef? Um, good. <laughs> Always like befriend a chef like around like it'll come in handy in the holidays because there's so much cooking that you have to do and so many, uh, you know, really cool things that you may not be able to find at the grocery store that, you know, I have I have so many people come up to me like, oh, you know, I I really want to have some some Alan Benton's bacon at Christmas, but I don't know how. And I'm like, oh, well, Alan's like, let me call him right now. How much do you want? Um, or, you know, I, I want some smoked sturgeon, you know, from back when I was in Chicago, but I can't, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me call. Like I've, I, can, I got you covered. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm ordering this stuff anyway, so it's, it's no skin off my back. And, uh, also like I'll, I'll, I'll charge you like a, a, a handling fee. So I'm making money on mm-hmm. it. And, you know, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Travis, I need, uh, <laughs> I need Anson Mills grits and I need Alan Benton's bacon and I need you to mm-hmm. overnight it. Can you do I that? I have for all me? of the above. I can do it. Oh it's all good. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, need, um, you need Ocetra caviar? I got you. I mean, uh, the, it's that's the thing. And then also, like, you know what? I, I have a full kitchen at my disposal, you know, a commercial one. So, mm-hmm. you know what? You don't feel like making uh, a holiday dinner? You know, give me a call. I might be willing to help you out. I'm probably going to make mine at the restaurant anyways because I'm there anyways. So, uh, chef friends, chef friends, yes. that's, uh, that's, that's the key. Okay, that's good to know. I appreciate that. And, and we do take payment in, uh, in alcohol, you know, like so you could always like slip us, you know, a bottle of bourbon and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll make it a little extra good. How about, how about scratch off tickets? Do you take payment in scratch off tickets? Um, yeah, I, I can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my holiday hack is not a help to my family. It's a help to my own mental health. So I'm going to give this one to people. So I'm my job. I'm kind of sales business development role at my company. And, uh, this is the time of year where no one wants to meet. No one wants to talk there. Most everybody's on vacation. If you haven't sold stuff by this point, you're a bad salesperson. Um, and so what's nice about this time is that it's relatively quiet. You can't get people on the phone or in a meeting or whatever. And so the thing that happens in my world is oftentimes at work, 
Um, I'm running around on other people's schedule and this is one chance I actually get to work on my own schedule. So, um, so it gives me, it affords me the chance to do some kind of administrative stuff, clean up stuff that I just, you know, I don't think about to do some strategic planning for the next year, all that kind of stuff that I just don't make time to normally. Um, so I actually like to work at this time. I like to take my vacation kind of in the summer, get like two full weeks off, that kind of a thing. Um, and then come back, you know, like when I do that, like come back refreshed in the middle of the summer, work really hard. Um, but then also my children, I have three children and they never agree on ever anything at any point in time. And they're always like, you know, two, two are always at odds about something. And so, uh, so I also use it as an opportunity to do a little work where I'm like, Oh gee, I used up all my vacation in the summertime. Like I'm going to have to get a day here and a day there between now and the end of the year. Um, and, uh, and my wife is like, Oh yeah, yeah that, that's fine. I understand. Um, so, so like today I'm working, uh, and I'll work, you know, one or two days more before the end of the year, but I'm definitely going to be uh, spending time with my family. But my hack is use up your vacation time. If you're not traveling at the end of the year, use up your vacation time and then work a little bit when nobody else is working. And it's just like, you get to, you know, commute to a quiet office and, uh, and then come home and, you know, it's total total shit show. Then, then you dive in right in the evening. So, so my hack is work a little bit over the holidays. Cause you'll, uh, you won't go insane when your kids are home for two weeks straight. So that's my advice. So, so, so Jets audience, if you get anything out of this, buy and bring your family scratch tickets and liquor, um, mm -hmm. find a chef that wants a little side hustle to make some money off of your needs <laughs> and work through the holidays to avoid your family. Merry wow. Christmas, Jets fans. <laughs> Yay! Tis the season. <laughs> I mean, th this is what we do, guys. Like, we're here for our audience. We're trying to help these people, right? I think, I think we really helped some people today. I'm really proud of the work we did. Really proud. I'm recording this, this in a Walmart parking lot, and I'm pretty sure I just saw an elderly person uh, remove their adult diaper and place it in the <laughs> no. spot next to them. Oh. No. <laughs> Merry oh Christmas. What a, what, a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. That's exactly right. Um, any more thoughts before we go into this break? We'll, we'll uh, resume hopefully sometime next week. I don't know what your schedules are like, but we'll find a time to resume after week 17. Chat about the, the last week of the game against the uh, last game of the, the season against the Bills. Um, another tough defense, another, you know, team with a great secondary. So we'll see how this one goes. And they have a quarterback who can actually throw touchdowns uh, and stay on the field. So, so we'll see what happens this weekend. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited. Thank you for all your hard work this year, gentlemen. It has been a pleasure. I enjoy this podcast so much. It's a chance to hang out. And, and Josh, I will say before we leave, I do have to say you missed a golden opportunity to come down to Richmond to pick up your Hardywood gingerbread stout beer and hang out with both Travis and I at Guar Bar last week. I'm just I, I, out. Get, getting the photo while I was helping my wife bring up boxes of Christmas decorations <laughs> of Travis flipping me off from Guar Bar <laughs> from the text from Brian Bassett made me so sad. Um, I will say we, we had a, a very faithful friend um, of ours, um, illegally shipped, um, legally, illegally, we can have the conversation mm -hmm. another time. Mm -hmm. uh, the case of beer to me, it arrived this morning, cold on my doorstep. Ooh, I'm nice. just cracking open my first gingerbread stout of the year, and 
it's it's now Christmas time. Everybody, go enjoy it. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. We will talk to you next week.